the blueprint. Hello, welcome to the blueprint. Um, I'm Kay Mant. We've got Callister Stewart and Terence Ulam on the show. Mm-hmm. Hello, good morning. Good morning, guys. I'm I'm an investor in property. Um, I've been doing so for the past fifteen years. Uh, interested in progressing the scene around property and the knowledge that exists. I'll hand you over to Callister to give you an overview of who she is and what she does. Hi, I'm Callista. I'm a chartered architect and specialising in residential sector and education. Doing a little bit of commercial as well. Um, just based in the London area, but was based up north. So yeah, just um, trying to get into development and seeing how architecture can cross over in this way. Brilliant. And I'm Turner Uram. I've um, been in estate management uh, for the past. 10 years uh, dealing with uh, leasehold management all the way now to um, residential development projects. Started out basically in lettings management and then sort of evolved um, over the years into uh, leasehold block management. And um, right now dealing with um, restorations and um, small development projects. Cool. And the purpose of this show is just to give people an overview of what's going on on the market and also um, what goes on in our personal lives around the property scene. Um, as said, it's an educational thing. It's letting people know what is going on uh, and how we're dealing with the challenges that we're experiencing, both by uh, legislation, um, COVID-19 at this particular point in time, and our, and our daily lives. So, um, how's how's your how, how's your day been, Callister? Anyway, well, your week anyway. Been pretty good, to be honest with you. Um, still working from home and um, practices, sort of making measures of how we can actually return back to normality. Um, I think the main concern at the moment is in terms of you know the second wave. Are we better off being continue to work from home or? Are we better off letting people come back to work who can cycle and walk? Um, there's a lot of unknowns at the moment, but I think everyone's sort of, you know, waiting for advice from the government, paying it by year. But I think for now, most places that I know and, and my job in particular, we're staying put. Do, do, you, do you think that um, based on COVID-19, I know that there's, that there's a new ways of working um, for a lot of people. Yeah. Do you think things will ever return back to normal? Because I'm of the view that, I mean, I'm now working from home myself. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, apart from doing the property stuff, I also do IT-related things. Mm-hmm. But, this, but this transition for me has been something that has been, uh, that has been on its way anyway, um, with increased working from home and stuff. I don't know what it's like mm-hmm. within an architectural firm, but would you say that people are getting used to this lifestyle? Or do you think that... And um, we'll go back to well, where we were. Well, the one thing I can say from working in architectural practice for several years now is that, um, you know, we've, we've always had the option to work from home. We've always had VPN access. And, you know, we've always been, you know, quite mobile. We've always had field work and, you know, had laptops or computers with, with the right software that allows us to detach from our office. I think 
we didn't sort of anticipate that this will affect how our day-to-day of, you know, working as a team would be. Um, I mean, I, I can only say that um, I think there will be a new normal, definitely, unless mm. there's more about, you know, this kind of government view of tracing and detecting. Um, there will be no way that we'll be able to go back to how it was, say, pre-February. Um so we just have to wait and see in terms of government guidelines. But for now, um, you know, platforms like Microsoft Teams are, are working very, very well for practices. And it's about how practices can evolve to this situation. You know, it's about if you've got a business, how are you developing that organically? How are you developing that to sort of, you know, whatever wave or, you know, economic downturn is coming away? Um, how are you adapting? And I think most practices have sort of jumped on board and, and managed to adapt quite quickly. So yeah, it's a positive. Yeah, yeah. lots of positives. What about what about you two? You, you, you um, I, well, I suppose um, you know, whilst um, I was dealing with some of this, um, well, because because I have um, a portfolio of about uh, ten properties I manage as well on the lettings front. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a bit tough to start with, with regards to, you know, trying to fill some of these properties that was empty. Um, but for now that, you know, we've um, sort of gone back, well, we're trying to get back into some element of humanity and the government announced last week that estate agencies, you know, are now back to um, to try and find a way to resume businesses. It's been, it's been tricky because, uh, for example, a lot of the properties that, uh, were vacant, you know, I was struggling mm-hmm. to have uh, people come in and, you know, to, to, to arrange viewing. The viewings happened at later stages. So in the first month, especially, that was like the no-go zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was one of, uh, a handful of desperate uh, candidates that, you know, came to view the property, but you could still see there was a bit of an awkwardness in, you know, in, in how that whole process was approached. Um, I think there was actually in, in the two months, it was only one I managed to because it's, I think the person was pretty desperate and they just needed a uh, place urgently. So with a video call and so video, video viewing is what they used to, um, sort of have some comfort in what they were signing up to. So I think initially, yeah, there was, there was that, that sort of struggle in, uh, the letting sector. Whereas in the management sector, um, fortunately with, Building management, you got to maintain it. So once the government had, you know, proposed that the construction industry was not going to be affected per se, um, it allowed for us to be able to get some of the contractors out to uh, maintain and manage property. But not every contractor wanted to come out, yeah. or not every tenant that would report a problem. But not every tenant wanted you to get a contractor to come into their property uh, to try and get the repairs done because of the fright of uh, the COVID. Yeah, I can't progressing, I progressing can't off that. that yeah. but, yeah, and and also um, obviously on the on the the major works part because now mm. I'm sort of I'm consulting for uh, local councils. We're now obviously sending notices to say we intend to do these works. Um, observations in the next thirty days. That's part of the section twenty consultation in leasehold management. Um, for those that don't know, section twenty consultation is a process where if you are managing a building with leaseholders and each one of them have to contribute for any particular work over 250 pounds 
you have to now, you know, um, serve formal notices. And it happens in stages. So first notice, uh, on the private sector, you have to do like three notices. First one will be notice of intention. Give them 30 days to come back with their comments or observations, which means, you know, are they objecting or are they agreeing or are they saying, this is what I want you to do. Then in the next, after the first 30 days, they then you have to now go and get estimates and then present that estimates to them. And if they have any observation, again, they've got 30 days to come back. And then after the second month end, then you have a chance to uh, either respond, hold back, or decide how you want to progress it based on observations you get. But on the, on the government sector now, they only got 30 days. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You know, so it skips three stages. You only got one stage. Mm-hmm. I told you I'm going to do these works in 30 days. Push back your observations. So I've realized on the government sector, a lot of them were using COVID as an excuse to say, ah, well, it's COVID. Why are you sending me notice to say you want to do work? Remember the government mm-hmm. already said um, construction industry should not be, uh, we're not going to be really be affected because you have to maintain the building. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are now using this as an opportunity to say, well, um, I'm not working or someone will call every week they are in this country <laughs> forgetting they've spoken to me already. They'll tell me they're in Brazil. They'll tell me they're in Ghana. Yeah, they don't feel that we should progress with this notice because COVID. So I feel in the, the government sector, uh, a lot of people have used that as an opportunity to defer works that's yeah. necessary. Whereas in the private sector, a lot of contractors were not, you know, in a hurry to, you know, take up works, especially with minor management and maintenance. So, uh, in, in essence, but I think with the government, they were trying to pre do this in this sector so they can now pre arrange um, or, or be prepared when the, the, the notice sector, the, the notice period has, has completed, and then they can now push the rest of the work. So, in that sense, I've seen um, you know, a bit of a mix in how people have uh, reacted to it. But I think a lot of people are taking full advantage to try and, you know, um, hold on to their finances to further notice whether they're in a good position or not. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Do you, I mean, I don't know, do, do you do do you do any, like, service accommodation or anything like that? Um, yeah, I mean, I've had um, a handful yeah. of service accommodation uh, in and around London. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, you know, uh, I'm sort of in Hampstead you know, trying to do an in-house project in which we're trying to, you know, restore the six bedroom um, accommodation for that purpose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, um, it, it, I mean, it's uh, something I've drifted away from, but I, I was heavily involved in that. Right. Uh, okay. and in the past, maybe more, uh, last, more, what would I say, the last five years, but right, slowed okay. down a lot too because I've sort of drifted into um, small developments and yeah. um, uh, renovation projects. But the one I'm working on now in Hampstead, and uh, they plan us to you know, restore the house. Right. And then um, give it out to um, um, holiday lettings. Right. And okay. shorten it over over, um, over the next. Uh, I, I suppose next summer because this summer we're, we're not looking at any travel plans. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty yeah. Much. I mean, to, to to be honest, like I mean, I do quite a bit um, around um, you know um, service accommodations and you know the likes of Airbnb and uh, Booking dot com put properties on there, mm. and uh, the market's been. I mean, obviously, on the back of this has been absolutely dire. There's nothing. Yeah, there's, no, there's nothing. Yeah. Platforms, platforms are locked down. 
people aren't traveling the bookings that you've got from last year are all cancelled mm-hmm. uh, yeah you're losing you're losing money you can, you have to figure you have to figure it out and the only real way in which you're able to progress this thing is if you can somehow um wiggle a deal with the NHS for you know uh, providing accommodation for uh, nurse, key workers, yeah, for key workers yeah, or, no. you know and that's 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 the only that's the only way I know that people are bleeding heavily financially on the back of this uh, yeah a lot of people yeah. are a lot of people are involved mm-hmm. in like the um the rent to rent um situation where they take on a property and uh to a degree sublet it or uh, based on the agreements with the uh a freeholder or the owner of the property um pass it along to other people but uh imagine you you've for the past six to eight weeks you've haven't been able to rent your place yeah um, mm. and you're still having to pay uh, certain rents and 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 over and overheads that are associated with the with, with the properties so yeah, I've, yeah. I've seen I've, I've been speaking to i mean i speak to a few <laughs> estate agents where guys had buildings or that had, had arrangements with the original freeholder and now you've got a situation where um covid has hit and they've given all the properties back i know one guy who's got there's one landlord i know that that's had uh 15 properties handed back to him you know oh, yeah you can so you can imagine that you've got you've now got 15 mortgages to pay you know what what fifteen properties? These properties handed back. Was it uh, properties that he was um, sort of um, letting out to to government agencies, or no? So um, it, I think it was it was basically a, a rent to rent uh, situation. So yeah. um, he had he had these properties himself, and someone's come to him and said, "Hey, uh, I want to use it for short term lets." Um, and he's going, okay, then I'll give it to you on a short term. Let's, but it's ended up maybe, maybe for the person they've been doing it for two years, it's been going extremely well. So, so they've gone, okay, then I'll take more properties off him. And the same landlord, he has a lot of properties. So, um, it continued to a point that they obviously had quite a few properties and now only for the market to turn like this. Uh, and people don't, I mean, a lot of people don't want to stay in a deal like that. I mean, if you know that no. at the end of the day, you're still going to have to pay the rent. A lot of people will walk away, unfortunately. Yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah, it, it kind of um, remind well brings my mind on a deal that I've got because I've got uh, two commercial properties that one sort of guaranteed rent to a landlord uh, for a year, and then obviously I rent the property as I see fit. Yeah. I'm guaranteeing the landlord this amount every month. Mm-hmm. So yes, I, I suppose I, I was lucky in a sense because initially, um, all COVID, the tenants had travelled, and then they stuck abroad. Uh, so I'm now stuck of an empty property <laughs> with the tenants' pro- uh, property in the premises, and I had mm-hmm. to sort of um, figure out what I was going to do. I mean, fortunately, I had another tenant that came and take, took the property out uh, a month after, but it just meant I had to swallow the first. Now, that rent mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to the landlord, um, of which, um, yeah, at that moment it was not pleasant because yeah. I had not, you know, yeah. but yes, that's that's part of the risk. Yeah. Um, but so talking about what do you call it, buy to it, I have actually read some article. This is slightly by deviating a bit, right? Um, I don't know if any of you um, caught wind of it. 
So mm-hmm. there's a lot of um, what you call it, uh, build to rent projects, yeah, that had been pre-approved by uh, Sadiq Khan or you know the, the, the local boroughs initially yeah. before this COVID hit, and then later in this in the later stages of COVID, they've obviously Amazon. Let me be direct. Uh, actually, realized that okay, the rental market, the build market, development market is slowed down. So Amazon is now jumping onto some of these schemes, yeah, and actually, you know, putting bids Amazon. to purchase these sites for warehouses. Ah. Because now, oh dear, yeah. So now a lot of these development sites, opportunities that the, the governments are pushing for housing, they've actually realized that okay. Um, it's COVID. They say lockdown. Whether you're homeless, you still have a place to lock down because you know the streets have been fairly empty. So that happens on a soup tin now, and has actually now started taking over sites wow. to now set up commercial warehousing because now delivery That's is it. what is where the where the business is at. So I I think for commercial uh, property as well we're going to find that a lot of businesses are going to drift into using their premises for storage <laughs> or liaising with, uh, what do you call it, uh, major corporations like Amazon to say, okay, you can, um, what do you call it, I don't know if it's short letter or have a, a sign, a, a sublet agreement that you can now use my premises to either, you know, do a hub for people to drop off and pick up their goods. But I was absolutely mind blown on how these guys have just been able to divert um they were ready they were they were ready <laughs> yeah i think, I think it's, the, the, truth right. the, the truth of the matter the structure of their business yeah. it, it basically suits this market uh perfectly i mean even the supermarkets the supermarkets are doing fantastically well like, it would be interesting to see yeah how they're uh what sort of margins they've made over this 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 time this time period? Because truth of the matter is, you've got no options right now. All your competitors mm-hmm. are pretty much closed down. It's only those guys mm-hmm. that can do things remotely um, and have an approach to that that are really I, going I, to I, win. Are you sure we shouldn't set up another you know firm and, and start discussing <laughs> what you call it, <laughs> <with your> grocery <laughs> and start selling food, food supply chains to, you know, to businesses and disinfectants? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> This is this is the new norm. Yeah. Um, so you. I've got I've got a what you call I picked up a commercial unit in Nigeria, right? In which I'm trying to stock up with goods. So I've got an agent here that used to buy and then we ship out, and then obviously the sales agent in Nigeria that comes to me with regards to you know the products they require, so I can source out, purchase, and, and uh, what you call it, and export. And you will not believe in the last two months the only the most products. Actually, 90% of the products that we're now sourcing and, and sending out is cleaning, disinfectant, wipes, <laughs> that sort of thing. So, so the business of me now um, arranging, or what you call confectionery, chocolates, biscuits, you know those little the crisps yeah, that they don't yeah. get over there. You know, that's what we're doing, buying boxes. And then before, we can walk into any wireless wholesalers or Tesco's as they buy boxes, like just clear out the shelf and send. <laughs> and like, I'm... Disinfectant sprays, for example, yeah, you know, back then I was spending two pounds on a can. Now, four pounds fifty. Some sites five pounds, and you can only buy five boxes. Yeah, so six. Yeah, so uh, six times five of it. So 
by in 24 hours after I placed an order, the stock is gone. So yes, there is definitely a new norm. So um, T, just just going back to the whole um, commercial warehouse thing about Amazon buying these sites, I've actually heard the opposite. Not just about Amazon, but I've heard about you know commercial sites being let out as housing to people because of the housing shortages. So, you know, in, and there's no sort of um, rules on the quality of the build or amount of daylight. So it, it's quite interesting that you said that Amazon are going to buy a site. What about yeah, the, the other way? People who are actually living in commercial properties that have oh, been let is. out by these, these big agencies. Has anyone come across that before? And what, what are your views? Because I, I think it's, I think it's horrible to be honest. What in the in the sense of what people actually living in these commercial units now? That yeah, don't have so any they were commercial office blocks. Right. Okay. No. I, I mean, you know, the commercial office space has been converted into temporary um, isolation or or housing accommodation over this period. It would make sense. I um, mean, it's I, not I, temporary. If this is permanent, this has not got anything to do with COVID nineteen. Oh right, ah ah. Yeah. I remember I used to work in and what you call Farringdon, and and basically this area here was uh, an area that Clerkenwell was extending residential properties, and you don't have a lot of residential there. So yes, no. there are some what you call commercial units now, and and I think what COVID is now um, exposed to businesses is the simple fact that if you set up your uh, what you call it computing access correctly, ninety percent of your staff can work remotely. Yeah. The only time you'd actually need a yeah. lot of space is when you have to do physical print and admin. So yeah. now a lot of businesses will realize that the overhead of having an office space is too much necessary. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and, that's, and that's the truth. So uh, most of these commercial units, I, I am predicting in, over the next um, five years, you actually going to find, because if you drive up and down now, you will see the businesses that were heavily affected, they're already commercial signboards saying too late. Mm. Yeah. And then you realize a lot of these people, even um, what you call it, shops, yeah. yeah, will actually realize, ah, people, the traffic is not the same because people don't want to stand out, Go too, out. Too yeah. because of the social distance in-house. Why not then just use that space for storage and then go online? Yeah. So I know a lot of these for shop front, especially retail, they're going to now start promoting their shop, uh, shops online because people will naturally start getting comfortable again door-to-door delivery. But in these office spaces, I yeah, as you said, I, I strongly believe that you know in the future they will have uh, empty commercial units, which it will only make sense for now the freeholders to consider converting these commercial spaces into, into residential. And I suppose that in the government sector, which I'm working in now, we sort of benefit from that because there's every borough screaming to... Yeah, for housing. Know, they, yeah, housing levels. But this is where the cash flow too comes in. Why the hell the, the boroughs are screaming, screaming for housing? You have an opportunity to do the housing to, to cover your quota. Then you've now converted that and, and now started pushing back to... to and develop warehousing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's, uh, it's something where it, it's, it's one that we definitely have to watch. But I, I do agree with what you said that the commercial spaces would have to be occupied. And as a free a freeholder, you'd be silly not to look at new, new avenues, of yeah. which is converting business spaces um, into residential. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think, I think the, the, the question is, is, um, 
I mean, this is pretty much post post COVID um, and the conversion uh, process. I mean, I think one of the questions that I I like to ask myself is after COVID nineteen, how's the construction trade and the sort of especially Callister? I think it's, this is more this is more for you in the sense of mm-hmm. how are people going to change their designs in relation to what we've learned out of COVID um, in the way people want to. To, to live the social impact mental health is another issue um people being at home for hours on on end by themselves and not being able to interact with people um it's having it's having a major impact on people and then you think to yourself how are people going to change their construction practices or architectural uh designs um based on the fact that we've now got to take these these things into consideration i was reading an article uh this this was it this morning yeah, it was this morning where um, they were saying one of these suicide lines, um, um, they had over half a million calls um, oh, over, wow. over this period. So it is, it is, an, it is a serious, it's a serious issue. Mental health is going to be a serious issue post COVID nineteen. And how do we construct that into, uh, put that into our designs too? Mm. I think um, that's quite a, a very interesting question and a lot of um, architects and designers or interior designers have been asking themselves this question, how can we now adapt, adapt space with this two-metre rule or this, this COVID-19 stuff? I mean, um, going back to the test, testing and chasing, if that's not managed well, then we have no choice. We have to implement this into our designs and, you know, looking at access into a building, looking at um, if someone can have space that can be converted into an office space and they can actually work from home. Um, at the moment, a lot of our designs, especially for that residential, these things are not thought about. You know, it's sort of, when, when you go into a space when you say you're viewing a flat, quite often you see a kitchen versus living space. Yeah. And you're not really seeing a kitchen, living space, a workspace. So that actual um, addition now needs to be considered because you're right, more people are going to be working from home. And um, I think some people have had a shock of their life that they've had to, you know, bring their desktops or, you know, laptops or whatever with them home and be working in there for over two months. And they've just not had the space for that, you know. Um, Also... even things like internet providers, when we are um, doing construction works, you know, we need to contact broadband providers. Now, when you're now doing um, residential blocks, you're going to be, you know, going for the highest spec rather than, oh, you know, it's, we don't need this ready to cover this amount of broadband or whatever. But I think it, it's very crucial to people's life. And as you're saying, mental health, um, to have space, we space. just cannot continue to keep living in these, you know, cramped environments unless we start introducing stuff like breakout spaces. Now, breakout spaces are, you know, pods, areas, you know, it can be around a home where you can sort of look at it from a HMO perspective. Like if you if you are designing to a HMO, you've got your kitchenette, you, you have your um, your bed, and then you have maybe it's a shed toilet facility maybe it's an ensuite but when you're sort of doing these things now you need to start to think about how can I have these breakout spaces how can I you know 
I have these spaces where people can work, where people can have downtime and be away from people as well. How how can you create them? And it comes back down to design principles of zoning, looking at the area you have, looking at the daylight you have, looking at the furniture you can use, how you can fold units away, how you can open them up. There's so much that can be done, but it's just, you know, now thinking outside the box, you can't go back to this traditional way of bed, table, kitchen. It's just not going to work anymore. Yeah. And it, it's, not, it's not working in Yeah, and it kind of reminds me of Google office spaces. Yeah. Uh, I know that I've been in person, but I remember my wife um, interviewing for Google at one point, and she was absolutely blown in how mm-hmm. the spaces are sort of allowed for, but whilst they had long hour working, they also yeah. allowed for, you know, play during work and you know, facilities that sort of allowed for the staff to... Yeah, you know, like the WeWork concept. Yeah. The question is, is whether WeWork will still be around, though. Um, I think it will be, but I think it will be, um, it'll be more fluid. It'll be open to, you know, more people. I think it still will be around because... The way those spaces are designed, it's it's boutique hotel, it's workplace, it's fun, it's it's one space mm. in all together. So actually, you know, when people are looking for a place to go and hang out and maybe do a bit of work in a cafe, yeah. they probably will be more inclined to actually say, well, actually, um, when we go to a WeWork, they they've got more you know measures in place. They've actually yeah. got more space than your traditional hostel or wherever because those spaces are designed to think about that they've got all these invisible boundaries which yeah. you can't see Some a, a normal person will go into a room and be like oh wow but you know a designer will go in and say these have invisible spaces these have, these have invisible boundaries yeah. so you could be standing between the kitchen and um, the workplace but you, you don't know it because yeah. it, it's designed so fluidly that you, you just feel you know, you feel comfortable. You feel you feel good in that space because it's cleverly organised, the adjacency, yeah. and that's what we need to start implementing into our homes, yeah. into our HMOs, into into our designs yeah. when we're it's, now going forward with property development. Yeah, it's, it's funny you mention that because I had a, an HMO that um, I had it was okay. Well, it was a three bedroom flat with a living space, and I obviously to maximise profit converted all the rooms, made it all rooms. Yeah. And um, space out of the kitchen to allow for, you know, um, you know multiple use of kitchen if need be. So put two cookers rather than one, two fridges. Anyway, COVID, I now had to reintroduce the living space mm-hmm. to allow for people now not to go absolutely mad just sitting in their room. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so, I, so I think... Um, Going forward, there might be, I mean, personally, it might be a case where the government has to consider that as part of the yeah. requirements in approving HMO spaces as well. Because, you know, whilst 90% of people were stuck indoors with, you know, on some fortune to work from home, I think there is, as you say, a mental freedom yeah. or, or it makes it easy um the mental mental stress to actually be able to have spaces that you know can be used for relaxation or yeah. at least yeah. pulling yeah. your mind away from from the pressures of work 
And it's funny mention because I remember in one of my uh, university groups, they had a Zoom meeting on mental health issues, and I couldn't actually, Understand. you know, get my mind to it. But then, as I sort of had people's feedback and review yeah. of it, I realized that yes, there's a lot of people that have uh, been affected mentally yeah. over this that needed sort of mental support to try and, you know, adjust themselves back into uh, the, the new realities of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, on the I property think- front. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's funny. It's funny you say that. I mean, I don't I don't know what I don't know what your 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 view is, but even looking at my Facebook and the sort of comments that were coming out of um, that were coming out from people people that you respect um, on, on on Facebook during COVID nineteen, you begin to realize that you know what there are quite a few crazy people out there, and to be honest, just being just being at home by themselves. Mm. Um, it's got people thinking a certain way um there's a lot of fake news that's that's circulating a lot of it's true but a lot of it is fake a lot of it is unknown but when you have yeah. the combination of the person what, what, what's sitting, that that's called covid and and 5g were killing the birds off yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, hey. some people still believe that. Hey. <laughs> hey, there, there, there were there were a few there were a few uh, uh conspiracy theories floating around um so i mean yeah so you combine all that together and you're like you know what yeah uh we need to we need to change the way in which we're 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 living our living our lives yeah um and definitely mental mental health is definitely an issue that we just don't realize because every day people go up wake up go to work interact with people their minds are busy they don't have to compete with themselves now that people aren't at work and they're, they're just at home now They've got to contend with their, 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 themselves pretty much, and unfortunately, yeah. a lot of people, uh, they, 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 I mean, in such situations, they can pick up on these conspiracy theories and what have you, um, yeah. which is affecting people's mental health. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. But I, I think um, with most of the projects I'm doing now, I'm definitely looking at you know how to ensure the spaces you know are accommodating. For those working from home, um, those renovation projects, rather than finding mm. spaces, ensuring that there's ample room yeah. in, each, in each sectioned area. So I think in, in property as well, a lot of people would have to um, start considering that. Mm. Who knows? Yeah. You, might, you might build a property now, and part of the, the remaining going forward will be to make sure that this property is internet ready <laughs> because yeah. um, the new norm will be people uh, are spending. Seventy um, percent of their working lives doing it from home remotely, and only going in when Absolutely. necessary. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I suppose in the property sector as well, we have to start considering, you know, how we are um, adapting and making changes to, to to property to actually accommodate for that. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm now being very selective on the sort of properties I'm taking on. Yeah. And also candidates, for example, we've got. Um, I'm in flat in, in Woolwich. I'm trying to rent now. Mm. And I'm trying, and part of my question is, you know, what job do you do? Are you, you know, are you working from home? Or are you, you know, so mm-hmm. it, it's now yeah. changed my criteria questioning in yeah. order to make sure that, you know, I've got the property comfortable enough um, for, 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 for that purpose. For that change in um, work, life, living environments, that's, that's that yeah. changing. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know if you guys have been following um, um, the government schemes that they're currently uh, putting out in relation to financing. 
Um, they've got one in particular that's of that's of interest called um, the bounce back loan scheme, where the government's yeah. um, issuing to uh, small businesses that are affected by COVID uh, loans of up to fifty thousand um, mm. to, to 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 businesses. The whole loan is guaranteed by by government um, because, from what I understand, the previous scheme that they came out with, uh, I think it was eighty percent. That was that was um, backed by the government and the schemes were taking yeah. too long to get out to the businesses that actually needed it. Um, a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of, I mean, a lot of um, people have actually taken up uh, the new scheme. Um, and uh, one of the things that I must say that is being passed around is that accessing the money is pretty easy and, easy, it's, yeah. and it's quick. Um, I know about four or five people who, I've applied for it on a Monday and by Wednesday, the money's in their account. Uh, so, Is uh, that the scheme where it's interest-free for yes, a year? Yes, that's it. It's yeah. interest-free for a year. Then from what I understand, interest rates go up to 2.5%, but you've got six years to pay mm-hmm. pay for it. So on an amount of uh, 50000 you'll be looking at spending something like uh, 1250 That is capital and interest repayments after the after the year yeah, period. So, yeah, mm. I, I looked into it. Yeah, you're, you're looking at about um, 830. If you, if you took out a loan for like 50,000, mm. you're looking to pay 830 pounds about mm. uh, after the first year, yeah, 2.5%. Uh, uh, to be honest, my view on that is the government are going to have the biggest loan default <laughs> in the history of the British economy. Yeah. The reason being is there's very little uh, checks with regards to people that are pursuing these loans. Yeah, mm. I can tell you, I've had a few roadmans on the corner excited that they've buy 10k here and then 20k there on this. When the lockdown is over, you're gonna see some really flashy posh cars and Rolexes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the streets of London. Now, yeah. to be honest, they did that to try and help. Um, Small businesses, but I do not think they've looked at it on the long term. Well, I suppose when the grant got I think dished out, yeah, yeah, they had to sort of offer an incentive to allow for people to think we're doing something for you. But what they did not do is make sure that they put the right tools and instruments in place to be able to vet do their due diligence before the people. I can guarantee, and I can put some money on this that. 60% 60% of those loans that they've actually dished out are going to be defaulted. I bad you know, loans you, yeah. that they will not be able to recover. Yeah. I think, so the taxes but, are going to go up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, def- that's definitely, I mean, that's, that's, that's without a doubt. We're going to pay for it already. Yeah. They're, in, they're increasing our charges on, uh, on congestion charges and soon it's going to hit our, our train networks. It's, it's going to, it's going to hit us on, on, on the mm. angles. Um, but I think, I mean, just to, uh, I mean, this is how I look at it anyway. I think that there's, the problem is, is that there are firms right now who are really against the wall. And regardless of what, um, whatever decision is made, whether or not it's good or bad, um, around how this, this whole thing was administered, um, it is near impossible to um, uh, support these businesses if we continue to have those strict checks that um, you would expect in, in normal times. So the yeah, credit checks, the, 
I mean, everything that you've got to step through. I mean, right now, this 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 is back to the days of um self self certified mortgages, you know, yeah. where you just you just state what you what you say it is, um, yeah. and 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 they believe you they believe you for it. But that doesn't mean that at a later date they can't come back and say, let's review all these application forms and make sure that everything is right. We've got yeah. com- we've got companies here. They 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 um they file their taxes. So you can go and see yeah. what someone's turnover is, and has it has he actually stated the real thing? You know, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's what's and that's for me. That's what's going to happen. People are going to go through yeah. this whole process. They're going to submit all these forms, thinking it's free money, and then at the end of it, once we're all through this and everything's settled, then HMRC is going to get up and say, "Look, let's, let's start. Let's start. Let's, let's start looking at. Let's start looking at all these uh, applications yeah. that have been submitted. Because if you submit it, like if you said that you're 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 making two hundred grand and you're and you, and you haven't made two hundred grand. That's fraud, you know. Indeed. But how do you then, they said, what was your projected income? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so for example, now I can look at it and say, right, I had a, uh, I, had, I had looked at brokering a development deal. Yeah. Um, the property in, it was in excess one million, you know, yeah. that, and my apportionment for that uh, was supposed to be, if COVID did not affect my business, yeah. I was going to raise 250,000 pounds towards yeah. that particular project. And, you know, mm. I don't know if I'll show you that, but there's one broker deal we did, a mirror that was it was in, in, in excess of that. Yeah. So yeah. you can put that story to HMRC yeah. to say, well, yeah, I had a deal which I was looking at. It was 250. That was my buying deal. Yeah. COVID hit. Unfortunately, I was not in a position to, and I'd already, you know, agreed terms and conditions. I mean, you can, yeah. you can yeah. try and That's structure true. it away. Yeah, but my my only concern is not that only the smart ones are going to see through it. Yeah. Because on a on a on a fifty grand on on two and a half percent, if you've got that money now, if you on a normal day went to the bank, you're paying yeah eight percent nine percent on yeah. that loan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is unsecured. So I suppose yeah. those that are smart enough can actually take that as a word for capital, put it in one or two projects. I, I for one would have put in on some property deals. You know, to be able to like see a uh, return straight after, you know, the lockdown is over to put mm-hmm. it in a ho- open in a year's time. Yeah. I'm making seven to eight percent on that investment yeah. and give them the two percent back that they have agreed. Yeah. But I believe there's I mean, there's, there's there's someone I know that took this long. Now. This guy has the worst credit. <laughs> he was just lucky enough to have set up a business. To say oh, I'm, I'm going to cleaning business. Um, what do you call it? Six months before lockdown. Right. Yeah. I had a, a account tied to it. You know, I, I was giving them commercial uh, cleaning contracts to um, yeah. do after major works. You know, you got to clean the premises for the resident the communal mm-hmm. part. Um, yeah. And this guy, I can tell you, if you see him and he tells you his business is doing two fifty a year, you yourself, you would know that you <laughs> you're doing a whole lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> He's taking this fifty grand from the from 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 the government, Three. and um, you know, well, yeah. Whilst the short term, he's going to do uh, what is necessary to improve his life with that fifty. But I I don't see anybody paying that money back. But he doesn't actually have any intentions to, because to him, once he's got that money, he's like, yeah, yeah, T. Tell you what, I need to do some travels. You know, yeah, I've got this money here. <laughs> For some things I've got going, I was like, dude, you know, you got to pay this back after a year. Well, I worry about that a year later. So his mind is, this money is going into other other, other things, things. Yeah. yeah that I have. 
plans for rather than, okay, I want to sustain my business, put it to growth. Whereas some people have actually realized, okay, this money is doing me well. I'm going to now figure out how I'm going to, you know, improve my business, be it now. Okay, yeah. door to door. Let me set my websites up, sign up to, you know, online portals. I can help in delivery. Yeah. You know, but yeah, the way I look at it, there's going to be um, a, a lot of um, bad debt being written off. As a result. Yeah. There's always going to be a few though, isn't there? You're always going to get people who take advantage of the system, but on the other hand, you, you get people who who actually take advantage of the system in a positive way. That you know they they're getting this money and, and they're investing it in property, and and it's a no brainer if you can get it and you're smart with your money, you know what you want to do. Why not? Why not invest it back into property? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these other people that are taking it and t- using it to go on holiday, and you know, it kind of reminds me of you know a hundred percent mortgage. Yeah, you know, back in the day, my parents always used to tell me, you know, when you wanted to get a mortgage, you never had to do any of this. All you needed to do was show your payslip and show that you were working, yeah. and then bam, you could get a mortgage. Yeah. But then, who does that really affect? All these people who are defaulting, yes, yeah. and it affects the next generation. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, you know, it always get it always gets harder as you're going a, going along. But Absolutely. if the government has put this scheme out and you're you know you can get it, and and there's something you've actually wanted to do, but you thought, oh, you know, I don't have the capital, or you need it to you know support your business. It, it kind of makes me think, why don't you go for it? You yeah. know, the, the opportunity is there. It's about yeah, yeah. opportunity. Yeah. What you what you do with that money the opportunity yeah. is they can be smart with it or you can invest it yeah you know yeah no 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 i to be honest i i i agree i agree with, I agree with you um i mean at the end of the day yeah. if you started a business yeah. you you have a plan for it um already and uh yeah um, and uh you're affected by covid why not go for that money go for it and and do yeah. what you what you intended to do and uh, make your business yeah. as successful as you possibly can because at the end but of the day, it's an interesting point you touched on. You know, the government now perhaps looking at uh, investigating afterwards yeah. to see, you know, how they can, you know, try and enforce repayments yeah. when when they would now look at, you know, uh, opening fraud cases for those that um, exaggerated, yeah, um, their business um, turnaround or, yeah. or, or dealings in order to to obtain that because. I think um, if the government starts that pretty quickly, they will be able to recover yeah. um, a lot of the bad bad loans they've given out. You need the, the resources to do that. Absolutely. But listen, also remember this. Remember, if the government is to investigate and they find out that you submitted information that f- on that form that is um, that is fraudulent, then... They have the ability to make those loans or those debts secured against personal assets. Mm-hmm. So currently, currently it's unsecured. You go yeah. and submit. I mean, but, 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 but the moment, how do you secure uh, something yeah, with, with something that's already given out? You know, there, there's no, there's no yeah. way they can go back and, and try and secure. Um, no, no you they know, can. Your, your they can. No, they? think about it. It's like it's like it's like the proceeds of crime. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you're, you're yeah. doing. You're, 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 you've got a whole bunch of assets um, um, based on the fact that you're doing illegal activities. They could take you to court yeah. and say, you know what, um, we're taking all these assets yeah. away, and any additional income that we think that you've got by illegal means, we're associating it with your house, your personal house. Yeah, you know, they could do this. They can do exactly the same thing here. 
the thing is, people. I think people have to get away from the fact of looking at it like it's it's just something that they can do and there's no repercussions because it will be. Yeah, and especially, and, and especially if it's going to lead to a situation where the next generation have to pay for this, they're going to be at yeah. your next. If if they if people are going to realize that, look, people have taken money and haven't done or haven't haven't run businesses and have lied against it, the next generation going to be pissed anyway. Yeah. yeah, they're gonna want you to do as much as you can to get their money back. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I, I suppose I see. I see your point there. Yeah. Um, but yes, I, I suppose um, that's where for those that you know have, uh, yeah, I suppose you make people sit up. Yeah, because just, a lot of people yeah. now will start having that discussion when they've had a clear head. Yeah, you yeah. know, and um, you know they have to now consider how they will invest that to to, to start considering paying back a year later. Yeah. No, but um, yeah, yeah, that can say. Oh, with um, Kev on this um, this forum now on the buyback the block. Yeah. Um, do you think it might be um, a good opportunity to now introduce it to um, um, the group members? Perhaps the same thing we're doing with the saving the schemes and see how we can um, rather than collectively share thoughts and knowledge in the property sector, also now start looking at collective um, means of pooling funds Absolutely. or raising capital investment Absolutely. Um, for, for, for potential projects because I think yeah. it, it would do as well. You know, I mean, and well done, I must say, kudos to you know how much it's growing exponentially yep. over <laughs> over a short period. I've, I've got to mention that. Um, yeah. and I think it's right. also about time that we now start putting our knowledge, our funds, finances into trying to not just, you know, develop and expand our knowledge based on the property sector, but how then do we come together yeah. and raise funds for property projects, projects that yeah. we can retain yeah. um, for maybe a future portfolio uh, expansion or perhaps uh, projects that people can now you know, invest and see some elements of returning. Absolutely. Because I think it's pretty important that you know, we also start looking at you know, how to, 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 to grow uh, as as one and growth definitely yeah. always comes from you know business opportunities and and and, and profits. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, just to let just to let the audience know, we've got um we've got a group called um Buy the Block UK, um and what we're trying to do is create a scene, um or a group of uh, people that are working within the property, um and investment space to to actually work together. Um, on, on on various projects, we share knowledge, um, experiences, and stories. Um, people uh, on the group have different levels of experience. Um, have started their property journeys um, at different times. We got developers, we got H- HMO landlords, um, accountants, architects, all sorts that all provide to this group. And um, I mean, we've been running it for for over a, for over a year now, um, and it's reached a point where um, we have to sort of um, strategically look at the direction of what we're actually trying to do. Um, potentially yeah. investment um, and savings um, uh, houses um, um, is one angle that we're looking at. It uh, education's another angle. Um, yeah. But yeah, but definitely um, not not being funny. But this provides us with an opportunity. Definitely provides us with an opportunity. Um, the the ability to access funds at this point in time um, at a group level so collectively you can do things together um, and and, and generate economic power 
um, as yeah. well as uh, generate a revenue um, and income on the back of this is definitely something that we should look at exploiting. Indeed, indeed. You know? And, and, yeah. and as, as I said, you know, um, I've, I've obviously uh, acquired this commercial unit in, in Nigeria and it's actually put my mind into Africa now mm. to a point where, you know, while oh, yeah. those of us in diaspora are here, you know, dealing with you know, our day-to-day lives and property investment, we also have to start looking back home, yeah, you know, yeah. Nigeria, yeah. you know, the Caribbean, you know, because whether we like it or not, that's where home is. Yeah, that's yeah. where home is. And and I yeah. really, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on the mindset now, especially after this pandemic, it has reset my mental state, is that mm-hmm. we also have to consider how we're going to inject into that economy because there's a reason why, you know, the West have eye in our homeland. Yes. So if we now refocus our mindset on how we're going to redevelop Africa, I won't say develop, I'll say redevelop Africa, the Caribbeans, you know, our motherlands, I think 10, 20 years, that's where we will see Mm -hmm. serious returns on investment. Because the kids, by the time they get to it of age, you know, that has already grown to sustain. um, And they will be able to learn from that canvas more than here because the mm-hmm. taxes we're going to be paying here as well in comparison to home, you know, and also yeah. that mindset change in how they approach uh, property, be it regulations and, and, and procedure and how, for example, I know Nigeria for one has this, this culture of bamboo scaffolding, you know, and I'm hoping yeah, that you know, it's amazing. in the next five, 10 years I can introduce to the government, you know, strict guidelines on how they, you know, do health and safety in the workplace with regards to proper scaffolding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So things like that. I think we also have to now start applying that knowledge back home because that's where the good returns and, 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 and you know, the future is. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, you know, that, that's just, you know, my thoughts. Uh, it's quite interesting you said that about um, bamboo and, and scaffolding. You know, I went to a CPD training and um, someone did mention about, you know, looking at bamboo for scaffolding. So it's kind of touching the surface here a bit. And I think, you know, us going back home and having, you know, first-hand experience of it, applying that education to people, there's, there's a market there to be, you know, promoting this as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. But I, I agree with you, you know, going back home, I've done a few projects myself in Ghana. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been quite lucky enough that um, my family do have land out there sitting in different regions and um, we will be silly not to build on there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think my grandfather um, years ago built a school mm-hmm. um, in a village and, um, you know, my, my dad's been out there doing property um in Ghana and you know the market over there is completely different and even you know looking at sourcing lands and stuff the the price is going up Mm. and before it used to be so cheap like I I can give you an example first hand example from from family has told me how much they bought land for back in you say 1998 um, they were they were buying land, say two acres of land for um, you know I think seven thousand pounds it was, 
Mm-hmm. So if you look, if you look now, land is getting more and more expensive, just as it's getting more and more expensive in the UK. So mm-hmm. it's important that we do think about the motherland, going back home, looking at what we can source from there, what we can do. There's a lot of people going out there, especially people from America. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen those YouTubes about Americans going back to the motherland, Absolutely. setting up businesses, doing so much out there. We have to have one foot in. You, we can't have one foot out. We have to be looking at that as well. It's important because otherwise the same thing's going to happen. We turn our head and, you know, a different country's gone in there and invested in, in Africa and, and, and we, can't even, we can't even get in. So, exactly. yeah, I, I 100% agree with you there. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, but anyway, look, guys. Uh, I think that if we if we continue to talk, we'll be talking for uh, for the rest of the day. <laughs> we'll, um, be, we'll be talking for COVID London, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but um, I mean, as as said before, this, I mean, this going to be this is now going to be a regular um, thing. We'll be uh, and the blueprint will be on the um, will be on the podcast every week. Um, okay. And the situation is, uh, we'll try and get additional guests in when we can. To um to add to our conversations. Uh, you yeah, too, you too. Let's, keep, let's keep pushing. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay alert. The blueprint.